I'm Anya, and I spent decades compartmentalizing and suppressing the different parts of myself. I woke up at age 40 exhausted, confused, and completely out of alignment. These days, I am definitely not your run-of-the-mill bored housewife. So if you are tired of the shame narrative around sex and pleasure, and you're ready to be all facets of yourself, let's create sexual alchemy. This is a Soulfire production. Hello, my darling listeners. It is, as always, so good to be with you for another week of conversation and connection. And I don't know how everybody else is doing this week, but I am recording this the week of the Scorpio full moon, full eclipse, all the things. And as you can hear in my voice, I've definitely been impacted whether by a virus, germs, energy, all of the above. But I got to tell you, this season, uh, what we're experiencing right now for me is no joke. I know I've talked a lot about shifts and changes happening for me internally and externally over the course of 2022 so far, and it doesn't end. And that's the beautiful thing about life. So just wanting to send a lot of extra love out to everybody else. If you happen to be experiencing all these other shifts and changes in your lives, and if you tend to flow with astrology or with any of the things that I am talking about here, and you're feeling all of this, I'm with you. If you believe all of that is hocus pocus, I'm also with you. (laughs) But in my experience, I'm definitely definitely having some having some interesting times. So in terms of this week, I don't really know how to introduce to you or impart to you how special this individual is to me. I've known her barely a month <laughs> and yet she has changed a lot within me. She has changed the way that I see myself. She has changed the way that I look around me and see my sisters And she has opened me up and opened my eyes in ways that I just am infinitely grateful for. So as a background of introduction, her name is Penny, Penelope actually, Penny for short. Penny is a licensed PhD psychologist and a transformational coach. And she is on the faculty of ISTA, the International School of Temple Arts. In addition, she's the creator of Inner Peace On Demand, a program that focuses on daily practices that can bring us into connection with abundance, rewire our nervous system, and alleviate stress and anxiety while connecting us to our deep inner wisdom within our body. Penny and her partner, Michael, also work with plant medicine and have nurtured the building of a community of people who are growing together in a context of safety, love, and the work of integrating the lessons learned in our everyday life. I first met Penny Goldmunts at my Level 2 ISTA training that took place last month. And when she sat down with us and I realized that she was going to be my pod leader for the week, I sighed with deep relief because I knew I was in good hands and I was with somebody 
with whom I could experience the ups and downs of whatever was going to be coming toward me that week. And I wasn't wrong. And I also remember sitting and sharing a couple of meals with her where she just really opened my eyes up and knew what I needed in ways that I didn't know myself. And and maybe she didn't even realize it, but she hit exactly what I needed in that moment. And by the end of the week, I was sad to be leaving for lots of reasons and ecstatic to be leaving for lots of other reasons. But I was really, I was really sad knowing that I was going to say bye to her, but I also knew that that was just the beginning of our friendship. And as it so happened, a couple of weeks later, I was out in Boston traveling with E. He had some business out there and Penny lives in Boston. And this conversation took place in her living room on her couch. And I just felt, again, that sense of being enveloped in safety and in love. And I enjoyed spending the better part of the day and evening with her. And I also had the opportunity to meet her partner and connect with some people in their their circle. And it was just a delight. So I know I say this about so many of my conversations on this show Each and every one is my favorite in the moment that I record it, and this is no different. And I hope that you can just hear the love and truth emanating from what Penny and I talk about here. And we dig into the juiciness. We talk about sexuality and expression at every age. And I believe that this experience is one that we can all have. So enjoy. I hope that you have the opportunity to learn a little bit about Penny and enjoy her the way I do. And if you so desire, there will be plenty of opportunities in the show notes for you to be able to connect with her. So enjoy, and I'll see you on the other side. Ah, uh, Penny. We'll take two here. (laughs) So, so good to be with you here in person. I never get to do in-person interviews, so that's a lot of fun for me. So I'm really glad this worked out. Nice for me, too. It's a lot more um, intimate than Zoom. So much more intimate than Zoom, and you get the opportunity. First of all, you know you're not going to have technical difficulties. Right. Unless, you know, I could still screw things up later with the editing and all that. But for the most part, I think think we're assured a technical difficulty-free conversation conversation, which is great. Yep. Cool. So I really was excited to talk to you because I think you know this already, but you were very instrumental and important to me at our level two training recently for International School of Temple Arts. And there was an aspect of spending time with you and a few other women that were in the field there that was really impactful to me because one of the areas that I've been diving a little bit more deeply into in my own life are the different aspects of the triple goddess, right? So we have the maiden, we have the mother, and we have the crone. And I think as a society, we have, at least in the United States, tended to not really give as much credence to as much power to the wise woman that lives within us as women, um, as femme identifying individuals. And I'm learning more and more that I have a wise woman inside of me that really has a lot to say. And I think that that crone energy is something that is probably more powerful than anything I've ever touched in my life, at least within myself. And so the experience that I got to have of connecting in with you and some of the other women that were there 
who are at just a slightly different stage of life than myself was, it was just really transformative and really impactful. And then I come home from that experience and I hear you interviewed on the ISTA podcast talking about your own journey through aging and sexuality. And I just told my husband, I was like, E, I've got to have Penny on the show. (laughs) And then this opportunity to travel out this way toward Boston came up and I reached out because I feel like there is so much that needs to be shared, I think, with generations across the board about what it's like in life to age as a sexual being. And we just don't talk about it and we don't think about it enough. And I I just loved everything you had to say. So that frames it up in the sense of where I'm at and what I'm thinking about. But yeah, how does any of that hit you? What what does it make you think about? Yeah, it's, you know, it's really been coming to terms with being in that stage of life and what it means Mm -hmm. and overcoming both society's way of looking at elders and all the mythology that goes along with what it means to be old. And even, um, and then what finding what was really inside of me still, because I, I had, until I hit 70, Uh I was just very much in the, I'm ageless. None of this is touching me. Yeah mode of of being you know age was just a number and then it kind of hit home in a very different way Uh but you know I I was writing some stuff the other day looking at uh my kind of like my history and how I got here and in my 20s I was a wild child I was Ah. you know um out of the original hippie love it sex I can see that for you drugs and rock and roll (laughs) and love and peace and protesting on the Vietnam War live you know we bought land in Maine and lived on the land and I did all of that you know and it was it was very exciting times and it was wonderful and it was freeing but it didn't have a cohesion to it Mm. that really ended up lasting in a lot of I mean some of it lasted obviously but the tribalism didn't continue okay and it didn't have this where I was it didn't have the spiritual base either so much Mm -hmm. um some was there but I wasn't hooked into that and so then I, you know, it was like I got through that and then I started working. And then in my, you know, 30s, it was about getting degrees and mm-hmm. getting married and starting a family. Mm-hmm. And then I was in, I was a suburban mother for, you know, 20 years. I really just stayed in that, in that place mm-hmm. with that. And, and then until I got divorced, which was at 51, 52, yeah. that happened. Okay. And that was where everything began to happen. So I'd been wow. in a very traditional academic psychologist, yeah. private practice, doing my work, not even really much in the personal growth field per se, but right. really traditional psychotherapy. And so when I got divorced, it was like, oh, hmm, what is, what's ahead of me? Yeah. You know, and I can, I, I said, there's a story I was at a friend's and we're sitting around and I'm talking and I'm going like, my God, I'm 52. I haven't been dating in 20 years. I'm overweight. Maybe I'll never have sex again the rest of my life. <laughs> and then I sat there for a while and thought, that's a really bad idea. <laughs> Terrible idea. Terrible actually. idea. And I thought, hmm, okay, well, I got to do something about that then. And it wasn't much longer after that that I started dating and, yeah. you know, finding like, oh, okay, there's life there's after life this. There's life here, and, yeah. And then I found somehow or another... I was really interested in this, like, okay, sexuality, what more is there that, mm-hmm. that I'm not? And I, and I think that in my 
beingness, sexuality had been a transcendent mm-hmm. experience often enough that I knew there was more. Mm-hmm. And I, because I'd been raised Catholic, I had just cut religion and spirituality as one whole mm-hmm. went out the window for me. And so it was coming back to owning the spirituality mm. that allowed me to say, okay, what else is there? And then I found found a book on Tantra. Mm. I read it and it was like, oh my God, somebody's speaking my language. Yeah. Like, and it's been around for thousands of years. <laughs> and they put this all together. I need to know more about this. Yeah. So then I found, you know, like I started going to workshops and finding teachers. And I ended up going to a source uh, school of Tantra and becoming a Dakini. And oh, wow. Trained the whole route for that. You did a lot. Yeah. Which was amazing. Now, can you tell my listeners what a Dakini is? Because we haven't gone through mm. a lot of the conversation, you know, in this realm of Tantra. So I'd really sure. love a little education. So in the Western world, rather than Eastern Tantra, out of the deeper lineages, mm-hmm. it's more around sexuality and sexual healing Okay, that Tantra comes in. And so this was a course in, in really working with people who were looking for some kind of sexual healing. And you work with them to get in touch with their body and move their energy mm-hmm. and heal the and hands-on work and sexually to just heal people. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So that's what that, that work is. And, gotcha. and I really loved doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was clear that that wasn't for me, my profession or okay. where I was going to be going. It was more like, I wanted it to open me up and the healing for myself. And it was nice to see how it worked with people, but it was really clear that I wasn't going to want to do that as my full-time gotcha. gig. Okay. So I was still sort of looking for like, what, what was going to like, and I was starting to teach workshops then mm-hmm. and do, do more personal growth kind of trainings for, for, for people. Mm-hmm. So, and which was a lot of fun too, but I still knew that there was something that was going to like, hold it for me a little like better and I had I had met one of the ISTA facilitators at some point we were at this festival thing and somebody hooked up Michael was a is a is trained as an orthodox rabbi and Ohad's an orthodox rabbi and so you two have to meet so we met and he was very interesting to me so when I heard he was doing an ISTA training here in Massachusetts so I gotta go I gotta see what's up with this dude and a friend of mine and I went and we thought, oh, we're just going to have a great time. I cried every morning, <laughs> <laughs> every day, yeah. everything was like, but I literally walked out of that week from with ISTA and I said, that's it. I found the thing. This is it. This is my path. I'm going to become a facilitator for ISTA. Mm-hmm. And so that was. That uh, was that. I, yeah. And there. That's, How long ago was that? That was in 2014. Okay. Yeah. So you've been, you'd been on the seeking path of this world and this realm of sacred sexuality, but it wasn't until 2014 that you stumbled on Ista. your piece. Of yeah. And, my, and where, Ista. like what brought it all together. And for me, it was because in ISTA, what I feel like we do is teach people around how to be their most expressed self mm-hmm. bringing all of them including their sexuality into mm-hmm. it and it's that mix both also of being sovereign and responsible for yourself mm-hmm. and that that responsibility includes being embedded in a community a tribe a family yeah and that spoke to me in terms of 
what I wanted to do and, and who I wanted to be working with. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, the tribe concept, I think, is one that's that's really interesting. You know, right before we started recording, I was telling you that I've kind of stepped into this space via the lifestyle community, which is also a tribe. Mm-hmm. And it is also a really powerful and interesting one. But they're really different. These tribes speak different languages and there's different rules of engagement and all of the things. And so it's been really interesting for me navigating, you know, what I stepped into um, more strictly through the lifestyle scenario, particularly the world that my husband and I have traveled in would be considered to be the cuckolding kind of community. And then stepping into ISTA and kind of understanding that tribal language and understanding the way that things flow within both communities. And it's it's been a little bit mind-blowing for me at times, but then one of the things that I've learned is that I've I've had to figure out how to kind of code switch between my sexual communities because they're very different, both beautiful, both wonderful additions to my life and our lives. But like it's it's really it's been a really interesting journey for me. When you stepped into the community of ISTA and, you know, this more sacred sexuality realm, was it something that felt, did you feel like you would come home or was it at first a little like, well, this is interesting? <laughs> well, I think that it was, you know, I'd been, I'd done some playing in the kink community uh-huh. and some in the, in, you know, sex parties yeah. and cuddle parties yeah. kind of turned into realm. And I, it was never quite, again, it didn't, it, it had elements, but it didn't quite hold me mm-hmm. in the way I wanted to be held. And, and I think that in the, in the sacred sexuality community, when the play party is set as a temple mm-hmm. and there's, everyone has a language of consent mm-hmm. and, and boundaries and of bringing spirituality or sacredness into it, yeah. that that lands for me. Then my soul feels like, ah. <sighs> Yeah. I'm being, you know, I'm being held in the way that I feel is honoring to me. Absolutely. And I'm not saying that, you know, it's like what anybody want, chooses is just yeah. fine with me. But it's like, uh, do you know Reed Milhako? Um, he does Sex Geeks. I don't, but I want to know more. He's fun. But he always says, date your tribe. Uh, date your species is what he says. Date, date your, your species. species. And and that's, you know, why we find tribes to find our species. Yeah. You know, and and it's great. There's all these different tribes and that doesn't matter. You don't have to belong to all of them. You have yeah. to find the one yeah. that makes your heart sing. You know? Absolutely. So. No, I love the way that you said that too, though. I mean, for even myself, I, I, I would say that I have, I, I'm still, I think, cultivating actually my own tribe and community because it's interesting because I'm finding elements of all the different mm-hmm. pieces that really work for me. And so I feel like, and I love community, I love connecting people, and I enjoy being a facilitator. And so I think I mentioned this at one of our pod meetings. And for those listening, Penny was my, she was my leader. She was my pod leader. We at ISTA, you'll have a very large group of people who are there. And so what they try to do is create this intimate setting for you with, you know, five to 10 other people that you can kind of connect in with every morning. And um, so you were, you were my leader of that pod group. And I had mentioned that I'm creating this community called Slut Sisters with a girlfriend of mine that is about female empowerment. It is about owning our sexuality. It is about removing the male gaze from our expression, right? It's about owning who you are for yourself, 
first always. And I think that's going to be a big part of the tribe, but I want men in this tribe too. <laughs> so, so I think that's kind of where I'm kind of borrowing elements from every piece, because as you said, when there's that language of consent, that language of boundaries and that language that everybody in the room is sharing at these temples or at these parties, it really does allow you to just relax into and open up for whatever transpires and opens up and you have the language to say what you're into, what you're not into. You get to create your own little bubble of experience as you get to kind of navigate the party scene or the temple scene. And it really does just kind of land for you that that Mm -hmm. feels safe. And I, I couldn't agree more with the way you put that. Yeah, it's great. And I think that, you know, it's for me, finding this like I was always very in my twenties, I was the one who all my friends were living vicariously for my wild sexual escapades, mm-hmm. but they weren't very subtly oriented. Yeah, in endeavors at that point sure. in my life. So, I've had some of those myself, and yeah, even in recent years, absolutely, I'm not opposed to them at all. Yeah, but what tantra has done for yeah. me in sacred sexuality has brought a level of awareness to the energetics mm. of of relating mm. and when i first got into that like i didn't get into ista until i was in my 60s right yeah so again for me part of me was like why didn't i find this when i was younger what yeah. was wrong what's wrong with me you know and then i thought okay wait a minute turn that question around What's the gift in your finding this after 50? Yes. And the gift for me has been to say that I can be this living embodiment of it's never too late to take on whatever dream you have, whatever new phase of life you're entering and to learn new things. So I can honestly say that since my 50s, I've had the best sexual experiences of my life Mm. and, and the deepest. And you know, and I've cultivated the energetics of sexuality. So, I mean, I could literally sit here and in three minutes be in a full body orgasm. Well, I need a workshop with you. <laughs> so, you know, there's something to be yeah. said for that. We were at a at a temple, actually, mm-hmm. after a training where we all stayed together for a few days. And this young man was there, very handsome young man. And he was sitting on the couch kind of... Uh, across the room from me and he was sort of doing this practice of energetics and moving and his hands were going up and I could see him breathing and the orgasms going and I was just really enjoying myself watching yeah and then he finished what he's doing and all of a sudden he hopped up and he's kneeling in front of me looking up and I'm looking down at him and he says you were looking at me and I said I was and I was enjoying myself (laughs) and he says well would you like to play I said, of course I would. Yeah. <laughs> so we started in Yab Yum and uh-huh. we're breathing, looking, eye gazing and uh, breathing together and, and our bodies start moving. Well, we had this, it was like taking two masters in energy and bringing them together. Mm. We started having the like amazing energetic so that literally I could feel the energy leaving my yoni hitting his body and I could feel his body responding and my body responding to his. And that was the, it was like being in a symphony orchestra dance. Well, it was so wild. There were 20 other people in the room all having their own little whatevers, right? All of a sudden I noticed that everything went quiet. The entire room stopped to watch us in, in this thing. Beautiful symphony. Beautiful symphony. I literally had Amrita with 
full clothes on, no touch. Yeah. It was wild. Wow. That is so crazy. And that is, it's so powerful when you get to that energetic state. And I think there's so much that people don't, don't know is there for them. It's, it's something that is, it's always there. It's just a matter of how do you access it? Right. Exactly. That's so crazy and beautiful. Yeah. (laughs) And I, and I think that for me too, it's also like, I want people to learn to start thinking that to move beyond what they think they know about somebody else or who they think they can have an interesting experience with who they think they can connect with and begin to simply allow yourself to be in front of somebody Mm -hmm. and feel what's there and then allow it to move you and see what emerges because there's a lot of surprises absolutely that come out of that when you take uh, away the meat suit that we're all wearing for lack of a better word, because the energetics of what is there is really the point. Right. And I love that you said you've been having the the most engaging, outstanding, you know, experiences post 50, because mm-hmm. I think you know yourself better than you've ever known yourself in your life. You've allowed right. yourself to blossom into this whole person with all of your experiences and all of those things. And of course, when you can bring all of that to the table, of course, right? If you allow yourself to just be fully there, all of you, you're going to have those types of experiences. And people, I just, I guess what I'm so inspired by is the fact that you allowed that journey to open up for you post-divorce. And Mm -hmm. I think you said your 40s or early 50s 50s when you got divorced. And was your first relationship, your first marriage, did you do open relating in that no. marriage at all? So it was a more traditional container. It was a very traditional container. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so now you're in this partnership. Another thing I learned about you is that you have been partnered for maybe the better part of 20 years or mm-hmm. so. Yeah. And you guys just got engaged. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Recently, you, let, We're getting you decided you're summer. <laughs> doing it. So I I love that. What What makes you feel like, okay, 20 years later, let's do it now. You know, I think that um, I'm not, I, I don't know to this day exactly why Michael decided. And and I didn't, I mean, it was interesting because I had sort of decided, well, I've been married and that was that. And I don't need to get married again. Mm-hmm. Didn't, didn't really wasn't that interested. And once we made that decision, it was like it opened up parts of me that I didn't even know mm. had been shut. And it opened up a level of intimacy and vulnerability between us after 20 years that has gone deeper and been more beautiful than I could have imagined. So I'm like, we're back in new relationship energy right now. I love that. We are, we have total NRE at this moment. We are so crazy in love. It's like, (laughs) so beautiful. So it's, it's, that's really nice. And I love that, you know, I, I sort of have found some keys for how that can switch with mm. people. But I think that we must both sort of figure like, you know, we're we're together, we're we're coming into this phase of our life towards the the end and let's let's make the commitment to each other and yeah. to the world that we're together. I love it. Yeah. And it feels so different probably from getting married in your younger years oh we both feel like this is going to be our best marriage <laughs> absolutely yeah 
Oh, it just feels like there's so much vitality, right? Like I can literally feel how mm. tangible and palpable that energy is coming off of you about yeah, it. That's super yeah. exciting. Which also, it's like, I, I've also really said this. We had we had an amazing first probably run for almost 10 years where mm -hmm. Michael lived, he worked part-time. He worked here and then he would be in Israel because okay. he was actually married when we, when we met. Gotcha. So we've been in an open relationship from the from the beginning whenever he was here we made love once twice three times a day every day for eight oh, years wow not, not literally i don't wow yeah so <laughs> it's fantastic for hours sometimes i mean you know like we really had something and then things calmed down and it got you know whatever after eight years <laughs> right but i thought a lot about what keeps sex interesting yeah how do you not get into the ruts that people can get in if you're with the same partner mm -hmm. for year after year it's the energetics it's mm -hmm. the going into each encounter not knowing where you're going to go mm -hmm. where it's going to end up or what it's going to look like mm -hmm. and that you just allow the breath and the movement and the energy of what's being created to take you to the next moment to the next moment so that it's always fresh you yeah. know it's always like a surprise that's so incredible I love that and I don't think we think about that when we're in partnership a lot of the time and so looking at it through that lens and you've been able to keep it that vital and that alive for now 20 years and you're back in this new relationship energy stage that's really it's really exciting to think about approaching your sexual relationship with a, a partner that has been kind of standing the test of time that way. Yeah. 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 You know, and, and I think that, you know, if you, and you can do that inside of a monogamous relationship or sure. in an open relationship of too. Course. And that, you know, having other experiences and being away and finding somebody you've had some sexual chemistry with, or, mm -hmm. you know, I have another lover for the last six years and, Michael has a partner that's been living with us, so mm -hmm. be changing, but, you know, also adds, I think, keep some kind of energy flowing in a different way than when yeah. you're just yeah. all the same all the time. Yeah. No, I think that's so tremendous. And so, yeah, I, I would love for you to maybe even talk a little bit about, so it sounds like you guys have other people that are part of your little, I don't know if it's a polycule or whatever you would call that, but, but you have other people, other partners, other lovers that are, that are part of the relationship. Mm -hmm. How do you, do you structure that in a way where you are all kind of kitchen table together or is it a situation that it's separate relationships for each of you? And that's how yeah, does it work um, best? know like uh my lover will come over here and we'll all hang out and watch a movie or yeah have dinner he'll come and journey with us and then we go off mm -hmm. you know so yeah everybody's very friendly yeah with everybody else yeah yeah that's really interesting I mean in in my relationship we haven't really kind of extended the table so to speak in that way yet but it's you know it, it's always evolving and changing and we're just Finding our own way, you know, it's a new thing. Well, it's such a it's such an interesting thing because people ask you like, "What is polyamory or whatever?" And I say, "I don't know." It's <laughs> like it's kind of like different for everybody yeah. knows what monogamy is, but right. 
polyamory looks there's so many different ways so of approaching it different for yeah different people I've, you know from the you can only go out on tuesdays and <laughs> thursdays and you can't do genital this and you can only do that or you can like right all these rules and yeah. crazinesses but to you know there's no hierarchy to there's a primary partner and a secondary yeah. to i mean it's all just the different things and i'm more I'm much more monogamish than my partner is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's sort of like if I find somebody and we connect and that is speaking to me, then uh, that's fine. But it's never been central or mm -hmm. when I'm when I'm off working and I'm, yeah. something happens and that's just fine. But it usually doesn't go into it. Some, you know, sometimes it's a repeat thing because yeah. we bump into each other across the world. Sure, <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, that's the interesting thing that you see, you know, if as you've stepped into this world of ISTA facilitation, it's, you know, you're traveling all over the world all the time, having these really engaging and energetic and beautiful experiences. And then, you know, you land back home. How often are you how often are you out doing different facilitations? Yeah, I'm not. Um, I haven't been I, I'm not looking to have a whole lot of them because I'm more home-based in the kind of work I'm doing. And mm -hmm. we're also doing the, the plant medicine community work yeah. as well. So I do a couple, two, three a year, and I'm looking maybe to get up to maybe four a year. Yeah. And that that's about my speed. Yeah. But more than that, and I would just be on the road too much for Too much for, for your taste. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the work you're doing now. So to the extent, you know, you want you're comfortable sharing or whatever <laughs> with both your coaching practice and your plant medicine community. I'd just love to share that with, with my listeners. Yeah, sure. I mean, the coaching I'm, I'm doing it at this point has been, I'm working with mm, a lot of people who've either gotten referred to me from plant medicine or from ISTA mm -hmm. basically. So, but it's generalizing relationships and, and how to bring more love into their life and, and work on their sexuality. Mm. Um, so that's been a lot of fun. And then I really like doing the, the coaching and working with people. My, my thing right now is to help people find a bigger dream than they knew that they had Ooh. and to be able to figure out how to step into that while, you know, helping them really undo and dissolve the, the, the things that have been holding them back to mm -hmm. see, to just make them more visible so that they can see how, how they've been affecting them and what they can do to kind of shift that so that they can make these bigger dreams happen. Do you find that you, first of all, I want to say, I love that find helping them find a bigger dream than they knew they had. Mm. That's such a beautiful kind of way to look at, at the work that you're doing with them. Do you find that more of your clients are female identifying male identifying both? It's really both. Um, yeah. Right now, I have a lot of men. But okay. <laughs> and I thought I would have all women. So it's very interesting. And I have people in their 20s and 30s, and I thought it would be mostly older people. Yeah. So it's 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 been very fasc fascinating. I think in a way, for the younger people, I'm a very safe mm. person. And then they, they have – it's such an unusual thing to find somebody – in, at my stage of life, who's so open and easy to talk to around sexuality. Mm -hmm. So I think I'm an unusual combination that way yeah. for, for people. You know, and I love teaching that stuff. And we do all kinds of workshops, on, well, before COVID anyway. Mm -hmm. um, we do some online, but mostly now I do stuff on shamanic breath work, and we do cacao ceremonies, yeah. and we'll, we do stuff on intimacy and 
pujas, uh, something called the art of adoration, mm-hmm. which is really beautiful. Mm-hmm. So I, I love to do that kind of thing. And in COVID, I decided that I really needed to figure out how was I going to be in this house with four of us all working here 24 hours a day with very much less. I mean, we have a lot of travel and a lot of socializing. This is Mm -hmm. like a real community house. Yeah. So it was going to be very limited. Yeah. And what was I going to do to like not go crazy for for two years, right? Um, As it turned out, because we all never knew it was going to be this long. Right. Uh, And so I started working with taking all the different things that I'd been learning over the years. But it was like, I'm not a person who, I don't do well if you tell me I have to meditate for an hour every (laughs) single day. Mm -hmm. Something will come up. I'll be busy. I won't feel like it. And I won't do it. And then I won't do it for two days. And then it's gone, you know? Right. So I thought, I have to have a practice that I can do anytime, anywhere that doesn't take very long, but can have powerful impact. Mm -hmm. What can I do? So I put together all this stuff from mindfulness, from breath work, from just um, polyvagal theories, and develop these practices that work on sort of from two fronts. I call it inner peace on demand is the name of the program. Oh, I love it. <laughs> and so the practice was on one front to build a positive relationship within myself of, mm. of abundance and gratitude mm. and to anchor it in my body. So I will just, during the day, look up from my window and look at the, the sun on the water or and the eagle flying by. I have two eagles out here in the lake. Oh, wow. And when I see something that lights my heart or having some, a friend come over and a mm-hmm. smile or a hug that we shared, anything that lights up my heart, I stop and I notice that and then I breathe it in Mm -hmm. and I breathe in the vibration of it down into my body so Mm -hmm. all my cells are just taking a bath in that beauty Mm -hmm. and that that abundance that's right there in front of me Mm -hmm. and that's it just 30 seconds two minutes yeah and I do it I can do it like 10 times a day yeah and because it doesn't take very long and you just kind of get a habit and it's retraining our brains that are geared to pay attention to what is going to hurt us, Mm -hmm. to getting our brains to pay attention to that which nourishes us so that you get filled with that. So that's the first piece of it. Mm -hmm. And then the second piece was just to notice anytime something comes that triggers you, Mm -hmm. again, to take a pause, Mm -hmm. to breathe in, find where it is in your body, and bring it love and compassion. Mm Sometimes just that's enough to create a spaciousness and let it yeah. go. I call it act of radical self-love because love those parts are used to us cursing them, repressing them, totally. judging them, totally. being mad at them. Yeah. You know, instead, just bring it love and say, you know yeah. what? I want to get to know you. What do you want to tell me? Yeah. Bring curiosity. I think curiosity and compassion are like... Mm. And I call it revolutionary. And for me, it's a it's a very feminine way mm-hmm. of dealing with what has traditionally had a very take the axe to it, right? Kill it, masculine, right. right? Way of dealing. So that's how I started. And with that work, those those two prongs of like building the abundance and gratitude, mm-hmm. and then dealing with any triggers that came up mm-hmm. with love and compassion and curiosity and getting in a relationship with it. Yeah. completely rewired my nervous system. 
I literally can feel it in my own body right now. It's it's like I have this sensation of like tingling going through me because I'm kind of practicing it as you are talking about it. And it really feels like I'm taking a bath and like kind of tingly gold goodness. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What I, that's I, You taught us that too at, at one of our sessions. And I remember we kind of turned it around on you because we made you the subject of our adoration yes. and our focus for a couple of minutes. And we just made you sit there and let us like take you in and breathe you in. And it was, it was a pretty special moment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, I, have one more twist to it, of course. I love it. Of the work that I do. Yeah. So then I, I do a little erotic energy Ooh. bath with it as well. So I'll breathe down into my genitals and I can literally just feel them expanding as you breathe. Uh-huh. And you put your attention down there and it begins to tingle a little bit mm-hmm. and you get the feeling. Mm-hmm. And then on the exhale, just contract. Yeah. And just do that a few uh, for, you know, 30 seconds a minute until you get the feeling kind of really building. Mm-hmm. And then you breathe down, get it. And when you breathe, you breathe it up your spine mm. into your head. And I sort of see it going either sex magic out yeah. with an intention or then I and I sort of see it coming up and like um, kind of like a shower coming down and mm. just filling my body. And I'll use that during... And I go through the chakras. Sometimes I just mm-hmm. build up the sex energy, the erotic energy, and I bring it up to my heart until mm-hmm. my heart opens up and mm. it's more. And then I bring it up to my third eye and yeah. I bring it up to the crown. So I just do a, a chakra meditation, bringing erotic energy yeah, through the chakras and then into my whole body. Ugh. And just, it's like, Sometimes it's just like, oh, I'm tired and I'm bored. Oh, yeah. Okay, let's just get a little erotic energy going. Yeah, here. yeah. <laughs> Rather than an afternoon like cup of coffee, let's do that and get that. Exactly. Oh, I love that. That's beautiful. Beautiful practice. I think you just gave my listeners a a lot of goodness right there (laughs) that they can kind of take and listen. And then the last piece, I mean, you know, you mentioned some of the plant medicine things. You and I have talked a little bit about it because of my own journey that I'm on with plant medicine. Um, what, what is the particular stuff that you're really kind of interested in right now that's really alive for you? Well, what's really alive for me about it in, in the deepest sense is, and we're talking about, I was in an apprenticeship journey this weekend with a, a group that um, we're kind of learning around about the medicines and mm-hmm. serving them. Mm-hmm. And it was that the two biggest things that you can do is that what you want for people throughout the journey to begin with, especially newcomers, mm-hmm. is a sense of belonging. Mm-hmm. And you want presence with mm-hmm. them. So, and those two things that I'm interested in community building. Mm-hmm. And I'm interested in building spaces for people to really, to be able to be authentic in a place where you can really share your celebrations and your vulnerabilities and the challenges that are going on in your life. Mm-hmm. And you could be held and seen and loved up by people that are in, in the same place with a kind of a spiritual yeah. context too. Yeah. So our groups are um, start with, you know, a whole intention circle. Mm-hmm. You know, we start by everybody has an intention yeah. that we share yeah. together so that we know what each person is kind of looking at achieving Mm -hmm. what they want from that night and then we usually start with heart medicines with Mm -hmm. a heart opener Mm -hmm. of some kind and then after that layer in some spirits some mushrooms something like that 
And it's a relational model in that unlike the ayahuasca ceremonies where you're kind of in your own space, Mm -hmm. not talking, not touching, Mm -hmm. doing your own journey, we have a meditation room. So anybody who wants quiet can always find a quiet room Mm -hmm. to be in. But it's also it's very relational and and group oriented as well. So you kind of come in and out of your own space and move around. And then you people can learn also, how do I feel more comfortable? How do I get over this shyness? Can I talk about these things with other people? Can I find out that, oh, they have that issue too? Oh, somebody else feels the same way I do? Mm-hmm. In the context of being more open mm-hmm. from the medicine. And then, you know, we do an integration circle the next day. Mm-hmm. And then we try to have integration calls. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm actually, one of the things Michael and I really want to work on now is developing a more formalized integration program because mm-hmm. that's where the real work is is yeah journeys are wonderful mm-hmm. and they're brilliant and and shiny and special mm-hmm. and you've got to take what you're learning into your everyday life and make it that's the point happen because that's <laughs> that's why we're doing it. that's why we're doing it but a lot of people don't know how then yeah. they get kind of lost totally. on their own totally. so I really want to like I like building community I like seeing We've had several relationships come out of our mm-hmm. community. We've had people start working together. We've had people help each become roommates. Yeah. All kinds of yeah. just beautiful ways that people support one another. Very deep friendships. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, such beautiful work. Wow. Well, this conversation has been such a delight for me. I hope you've enjoyed it too. It's just, we've touched on so many things in in the brief period we've had, but it's just been really nourishing for me. So I'm really grateful for the time. Thank you for welcoming me into your home. And I will absolutely, for those of you interested in finding um, Penny, perhaps working with her, I will put all of that beautiful information for you in the show notes. So perfect. Penny, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much. It's Mm. been a delight. Absolutely. (laughs) We'll have to do it again. Friends, I hope you enjoyed that episode. I know I did. And one of the things that I would love to enlist your help with is getting some more rates and reviews for this beautiful little show that I am enjoying putting out for all of you. If you have a moment and you feel so inclined, I would be indebted and grateful if you would go to either iTunes or Spotify and give me some feedback and hopefully it's five star. So if you're enjoying Sexual Alchemy, spend a little time to do that for me. It would be a great help to me and it would mean the world. Have a beautiful week. Mm-hmm.